is Jennifer Polymus from Shalote, North Carolina, and this is Barbecue Central. We'll do it live. Okay. Well, do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Oh. Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. Continuing to originate from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here. If you want to jump in on the show tonight, two very vital, important bits of contact information that I would like to pass your way. Here's how you get in touch with the show. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Sending an email? Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Or on the Twitter and Instagrams at BBQ Central Show. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you can get the newsletter. Coming up in about 12 minutes from now, another first-time guest. We've been having, dare I say, a slew of first-time guests coming in here towards the close of 2018, obviously the open of 2019. And this is the last show, by the way, of twenty uh, of January 2019. So uh, I, I often joke about how the show and the year continually is uh, rapidly coming to a close. I believe that's the catchphrase that I have coined. No doubt about it. I mean, we were already through the first month of the year already. So hang on, strap in. It's going to be a wild ride here for the next 11 months. And helping me help you become a better outdoor live fire cooker, barbecuer, griller, lend insight into book writing business and social media is none other than the person who has founded Grill Seeker. Matt Eads will join us on the show. Matt Eads. He's going to pull two segments. Great story with him, much like with Susie Bullock last week of Hey Grill Hey. Matt's got a unique story. Military background, so very excited to talk to Matt in the first hour. Then we will move to the second hour, 14 past. Somebody who we've been allotting a once-per-quarter visit to, and for whatever reason, the last two or three times, some my mistake, some his mistake, we've missed each other. Thank goodness on the runway. So no wheels-up incidents occurring, but we were finally able to schedule a on-time landing here as we keep with the air logistics puns. And 14 past the second hour, we'll find the keeper of the flame, Max Good, joining me. There are two or three people, well, two specific pieces that we're going to be talking about that have really caught his fancy 
couple of the items that he has really been trying out here, and we'll be able to speak a little bit more in depth on. Then there is what I'm terming kind of a sneak peek, if you will. Hasn't had a huge amount of time with it. Also, couple that with the building in of the brutally, dangerously cold weather that we're going to be experiencing here in the north, northeast, depending on where you're at. Really, depending on where you're at, it's just going to be cold. Some places are going to be a lot colder than others. Here in Cleveland, it promises to wake up to about negative 10 ambient. That's a negative 30, potentially negative 40, depending on how the wind is blowing after you factor in the wind chill. So it's going to be cold. Lots of other places experiencing similar or worse temperatures. And Max just hasn't been able to get out and put this particular cooker through its paces. But we'll talk about it from a high level. And then that'll be it for Max. Then we'll close the show 35 past the second hour with the latest grand champion of the San Antonio Rodeo Barbecue Cook-Off. He is the pitmaster of 03 Barbecue. Oscar Garcia will join me. So we'll learn a little bit about Oscar, how the weekend went, how the cook went, if there was anything crazy that he had to contend with in order to pull off this championship. Huge win. When we talk about Championships in general, San Antonio certainly one that is starting to build up in the event that pitmasters want to win, of course. Secondarily, when you talk about Texas specifically, I would say number one is probably the Houston Rodeo. Maybe number two now is San Antonio. So Oscar pulls that one down. We're going to learn all about it as we close out the show. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Don't forget to follow me socially. I'm really blowing it up if I don't mind tooting my own horn. Over the last handful of weeks, with help from SH3 holding it down, some of the embedded correspondence as well. If you don't know where I'm at socially, it's pretty simple at BBQ Central Show on Instagram. Same on the Twitter. Although I'm falling a little out of favor with the Twitter as far as keeping up with it, I will post to it. But I'm getting further and further away because it just really feels like a lot of noise to me. But if you like Twitter, at BBQ Central Show there as well, slash BBQ Central Show on the Facebooks. If you're watching the live feed on Facebook, welcome in! Chat it up, ask each other questions, engage, and give each other recommendations, barb around with each other because that's fun. Engage on the Facebook conversation. I don't follow it specifically. There's a whole story for that. If you watch the show typically or you get it on podcast replay, you know why that is. But if you're in the Facebook chat for the first time and you're wondering where I'm at or do you think I'm a bag because I'm not replying back to you while I'm doing the show, A, it's real easy to get lost in the Facebook chat role, and B, I am trying to concentrate on the show, so I stay away from it. But that doesn't mean... You shouldn't take shots at me or make fun of me, make uh, make fun of some of the other people in a very positive, good-spirited way. It's the show within the show. Or come on over to YouTube and check me out there live. We have a chat roll there that's a little easier for me to monitor. So if you want me to try and look and see you, head on over to YouTube. If you don't care, stay on Facebook. That's all right. Also, subscribe to the show on podcast. So if you can't make it for the live show, you'll get it whenever you can consume it. I don't know if you saw this over the weekend, but Barbecue Hall of Famer, friend of this show and besties with Jimmy Kimmel, 
Chef Adam Perry Lang claims absolute innocence in a bizarre L.A. arrest. More news to follow, of course, but a strange incident went down in Hermosa Beach over the weekend with Chef Adam Perry Lang being arrested on felony charges for allegedly making criminal threats while staying at a beach house belonging to Jimble Kimball per TMZ. Lang's lawyers say that the incident could be a case of uh, what they call swatting, where some bag calls a prank threat often to the house of a celebrity, and that person who called in the initial threat to 911 about an assault and explosives on the premises was absolutely not... Andrew, you are not... ...was absolutely not Adam Perry Lang. The APL chef is currently out on 50 G's bail, paid by Kimmel, and his lawyer says... He will be cleared of any wrongdoing shortly as PR team has so far declined to give any detailed additional statements. More on this to come. That being provided by LA.Eater.com. In my own attempts to get in contact with APL through various direct messages, those two were declined. I mean... I know all of you guys and gals here on this chat, especially my man Kinger in Canada, are my besties. But let me ask you something. If somebody decided they wanted to have fun at my expense and do a SWAT on me, where my house is surrounded, the gates are stormed, the moats are swam, and I'm pulled out of my castle against my will, having done nothing wrong, And I go to the jail to cool off while they check out my assault and explosive allegations. Is anybody out there going to pony up 50 grand for me to get out bail-wise? I doubt it. I mean, how nice is it to have friendship, really solid friendship with a guy like Jimble Kimball to put up 50 G's? Adam, I'm not telling you what to do, but once you're cleared, you better be Jimmy's personal chef for, like, I don't know, the next two or three years. Or at least he gets the chef's table at APL going forward. I mean, the story is Adam Perry Lang potentially is swatted. Who knows? Who knows what happened? That appears to be where the mindset is. But having a buddy put up 50 G's, that is friendship right there. I mean, I want to say that there's some centralites that if I fell into that category would help me out with 50 grand, but I doubt it. I get it, by the way. It's a lot of cash. More on that to come. I will keep tabs. Hopefully, Adam will reach out to me at some point. I can report back directly, but in case you didn't see that, Adam Perry Lang arrested over the weekend in a weird circumstance, and we'll leave it at that. All right, let me talk to you quickly about Traeger Grills. Behind every great meal is a great grill, but not just any grill. A Traeger Grill in Timberline is the Traeger's most advanced grill yet. It allows you to smoke. Grill, bake, roast, braise, and barbecue like a pro, no matter what your level. 
You don't know flavor till you're cooking with it. Traeger Grills use all-natural hardwood pellets as fuel, so you're literally cooking with flavor from low and slow smoked ribs to a seared steak. Even a baked apple pie, Traeger's can handle it all, and the Traeger Timberline makes it even easier thanks to the Wi-Fi capability. You can check out your cooks, kick up the temperatures, set custom cook cycles anytime, anywhere, all right on your phone through the Traeger Grill app. You can find one at your local Traeger dealer or check them out online at TraegerGrills.com if you want to beef up that barbecue game. Why not check out a Traeger shop class? They're going around this great country bringing you barbecue knowledge and amazing wood-fired food everywhere they go, taught by professional pitmasters. You'll take home all the skills you need to reach barbecue glory. Find a shop class near you and sign up today at TraegerGrills.com slash shop class. That is TraegerGrills.com slash shop class. Matt Eads, Grill Seeker, out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Butcher Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, Seasonings, barbecue sauces, grilling oils, all of Butcher Barbecue products tested on the competition circuit as well as in the backyard worldwide. Be the pit master of your neighborhood. Visit ButcherBBQ.com to stock up right now, won't you? Of course you will. All right. First guest tonight, cooking everything outside or near some kind of live fire, and he's doing it on some great-looking cooking vessels. If you follow him on Instagram, and almost 31,000 of you do... You know, his dishes not only look great, but we're all dying to get a taste as well. But what's the story behind the man known as Grill Seeker? Well, let's head to the hotline and find out. Matt Ease joins me here on the show. Matt, how are you, buddy? Look, uh, I've often said the best sound checks prove to be the worst when it actually counts. Come on. I mean, this is just what happens uh, with the fair. internet. You know, it's what happens. Do you want me to try to connect with you again, or do you just want to roll like this? Oh, let's roll like this. We want to make sure we uh, we keep good time here. we got a lot of stuff to cover. So, uh, Maddie joining me here on the show, Grill Seeker, the website, grillseeker.com, and on Instagram, at grillseeker. Uh, Matt, before we get into, you know, some of the cooking stuff and recipes, maybe some social media talk, I do want to get a little background about you. Uh, so first and foremost, uh, where do you grow up, and then where do you find yourself present day? Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks a lot for having me on the show. I, I grew up uh, just outside of Detroit, Michigan, um, in s- southeastern Michigan, so just a little bit north of where you are. Uh, I'm a lifelong Detroit Lions fan, and I know living in Cleveland, you can you can appreciate the uh, the pain and agony I've been through going 0-16, uh, like the Browns have done uh, as well. We're trying to forget uh, about that, lot- Matt, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I bounced around a lot. I, I joined the military at a young age and bounced around a lot in the military. 
And uh, I now call just outside of Washington, D.C. here in Northern Virginia home. You had mentioned that you were in the military at a young age. So, like, do you go right in out of high school? And what branch do you serve? I did. Uh, I joined the Marines uh, right after graduation from, from high school. And I spent 13 years uh, really serving all over. Uh, honestly, I re- remember thinking, like, when I was on active duty, I can't believe they pay me to do this. Like, I really enjoyed uh, my time enjoyed meeting a lot of just great people from all walks of life. Wow. Um, and it was just a, just a remarkable experience. Uh, 13 years. So that's a little short of like full time or uh, being able to retire out. What called you out, I guess, after yeah. stay in for that long? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a good question. I, and I got, I got asked that a lot, like 13 years, geez, you're over the hump and you're close to, uh, you're close to retirement. And, right. and uh, so there were a number of things. Um, I had some some issues with uh, with my knee that that were kind of lingering on, and, and that kind of affected a, a little bit of my performance. Um, but really, I just I wanted to go to school. I wanted to go uh, to college, which I did did not do obviously after after high school enlisting uh, in the Marines. So after 13 years, I left uh, the Marines, and I was a 30 year old freshman at Penn State. <laughs> you don't stand out too much doing that, right? <laughs> Yeah, you know, I might have I might have uh, differed somewhat from from the average uh, you know eighteen year old freshman in, in, a, in a class of a thousand. Man, let me ask you a question because I did ask Susie Bullock this last week when we were talking because she had went to college and then got married pretty quickly out of there, had some kids and so forth. And I asked her this question, wanted to get your take because you go from high school, do military, get out of thirty, decide you're going to go back to college because you missed that experience as well. But I mean, you are a way different person having been through the military, served the country, seeing what you saw, being 30 and doing college versus somebody just going right out of high school. Do you think that taking the time after high school, granted 13 years, maybe an extended military uh, time away versus the four typical, but do you think having that time made you a better student or prepared you better to be more successful versus thinking, okay, well, high school's over, so I just got to go to college? Uh, unquestionably so. I, I, and I would say that had I gone to college right out of high school, which was certainly not an opportunity that, that I had, nor, nor did I want to be honest with you uh, right out of high school. Um, I would not have, I would not have lasted long. I just didn't, didn't have the folks. It wasn't what I wanted to do. And growing up in, in really an industrial sort of area, um, and you're familiar with, with that kind of, with that area. Um, it was not, you know, in my peer group, it was not, expected like in Northern Virginia as an example where kids are talking from a very young age about where they're going to college. So where I grew up it was it was more of a you're going to college? You know, that sort of a, a thing. So people generally went to one of the big three and worked in, in automotive or, or they or they joined the military and, and you know so the military was was the path that I chose. Um, at thirty, you know, I had a different appreciation for life. Um, I had a different appreciation for the finances that it took to go to college. So that's, mm. a, that was a, a big differentiator. Uh, you know, the, the typical, and I won't say all, but, but certainly the typical 18 year old is, is in college because that's just what you do next right. and someone else is paying for it. They don't necessarily have an appreciation for it. So at 30, you know, I paid for college on, you know, using my, my GI benefit, but I had a, a limited amount of money that I had in reserve that to live off of, to be a full-time college student. So um, I was there for for maybe different reasons. It certainly wasn't because that's what you do next. It was because I really, really wanted to uh, just kind of embrace the the academia. Um, and so, so yeah. I mean, in short, you know, I certainly took different things from college that maybe an eighteen year old would would not have taken. 
um, and had some really interesting conversations with professors, um, especially as you get into upper level courses that generally are teaching to a 21, you know, 20 or 21 year old audience that, um, you know, we can exchange thoughts and, and, um, you know, practical application of, of what they're teaching to real life environments. So uh, definitely got a different experience than, than most. And, and I think that um, generally speaking, professors appreciated, you know, what they call an adult learner. Um, so yeah, yeah, definitely a, a different experience. And I took much more out of it than I would have had I tried to do it at, at age 18. Matt, he's joining me here on the show at Grill Seeker on Instagram, grillseeker.com, his website, if you want to check it out here while we're chatting it up. So you get out of college uh, when we start to transition over into live fire stuff. Is this something that you're just around during your time, whether it was in the military or when you got out, uh, when you got out, started doing college and, uh, or where do you find the love of live fire cook? Yeah, that's uh that's a fun one. So I, I have a very distinct memory of, of the first time I, I cooked live fire and, you know, I'm guessing it was around age 11, maybe 12 ish. Um, I have a dear friend who I'm still dear friends with today and we joined the military together and just lifelong buddies. But, at, at, you know, around that age, we had uh, we built sort of a, a fort in, out in the woods, like a lot of a lot of young boys do at, at that age. And, and our, this fort was like it was incredible. Right. It was near sort of a train track. So we built it out of these railroad ties and it was just incredible. And so he would sneak food from his folks, uh, deep freezer and cupboard. And I would do the same thing. And we would <laughs> we would tote it out to this fort, this fort and build a, a fire, you know, an open pit fire. And we started, you know, cooking on various surfaces, you know, I think, uh, I, I borrowed and I'll use that term loosely, uh, my mom's, uh, you know, lodge cast iron pan that she had back then. And we just started cooking over, over live fire at that age. And that's really what sparked my, my real interest in, and in live fire cooking. Um, fast forward a couple of years, you know, I had a, a handful of jobs, uh, worked at a meat market, um, for, for a time and, and, uh, Bought my first smoker back then. It was an old Brinkman. I don't know if you remember that, but I don't oh, know yeah. if they're still around. Actually. Bullet style, like Brinkman. a Brinkman. Yeah, bullet style Brinkman yeah. smoker, and then uh, smoked up some turkeys. And working at Danny's grocery store it was like a meat market. You know, I used to get you know meat for fairly cheap or whatever scraps were left over. And you know, I was certainly never a butcher, but I got to learn a lot from those guys. Um, you know, I mostly did stocking shelves or bagging groceries or cleaning up or whatever in, in the evenings, but. I used to get meat for fairly cheap. And so, you know, I started to develop more of a love for it as, as I kind of dialed in that old Brinkman. And, um, you know, back then there were no, there were no temp controllers like they have now. I had no instant read thermometers. So it was really like, it was pretty rudimentary. Um, and so that's where the passion got started from that, from that young age. And then, you know, as I served in the military and in, in various countries, various places, there's always a grill like around the barracks or whatever. Um, where we, where we lived. And I was just kind of always the guy that kind of manned the grill and, and, and cooked whatever, you know, whatever we could find at the commissary for cheap. We're all, we were all living on a pretty limited budget. And, uh, I think I just had, you know, some of the, some of the best times cooking some really inexpensive things. And, you know, I, I've, I've said a million times, like it doesn't, it doesn't take a, a, a chef to cook a Wagyu steak, right? I mean, you could eat that thing raw. It tastes pretty good, but it takes some real talent to take a, a $9 chuck roast and, and turn it into a real gem. And I kind of started to really do that when I was in the military. Um, and then, and throughout college, like as I had any spare time as, as a 30 year old freshman, like I, I was always cooking and, and, uh, you know, I made a lot of mistakes. You know, I've, I've got actually, <laughs> I actually have a section on my website that I call, uh, how not to. Um, and it's just kind of some, some bloopers that I've, I've done and I've done plenty of them over the years. Um, 
and and, and learn, learning by uh, by making mistakes and, and and watching other folks. Matt, what do you do for a living, or is this grill seeker thing the full time gig? Yeah, this is it. Full time, full time wow. gig for uh, for Grill Seeker, uh, GrillSeeker dot com, and, and writing the book. Obviously, took a lot of time, but yeah, this is it. Full time. Uh, favorite cookers? What do you like? Well, that's an interesting one. Um, I'm really <laughs> enjoying them, right? the, the Lynx Napoli oven these days. Yep. Uh, I I cook just about everything in there. It's, it's just so fun to, to to mess with it. So uh, so right now, that's that's probably my my go to. Do you have other cookers that are on your deck or your patio, or do you kind of cycle one in, one out? Yeah, so I've got, I think at this point, maybe around 13 or 14. I don't keep many more than that. I'm, I'm, I'm limited on space, and, and my wife has said that uh, for every one grill that comes in, one has to go. So at this point, I'm, uh, I'm, very, I'm very limited. I mean, what are, what are, why do I wives guess- always got to say that? They ruin it. I got the same deal. Right? My wife told me, "Hey, man, you bring another one in, you're gonna have to give another one away." Yeah, I think if the same applied for like purses and shoes, like I would be, <laughs> I'd be on board with it. But at this point, it's like maybe this isn't quite so fair. Like I'm sure we can just move another car, like you move the car out of the garage and, and store something there. But um, so yeah, you know, I've got I've got a handful of uh, handful of cookers, and I and I use them for different things. And then they all, you know, I do a lot of reviews on my website as well. So, um, but generally those get, you know, I, I do the review. Um, and then it will generally get donated to, to something at a local fire station or, or whatever. Do you have, I guess, uh, what you would call sponsor or partnerships with manufacturers right now? Um, I do have a, I do have a handful and it, it's pretty limited. Um, you know, and that's just sort of the way that I, I, I like to roll. Um, but, uh, certainly links has been a great partner of mine. Um, Omaha steaks is, is another terrific partner of mine. And, uh, I work with route 83 knives, which are they fairly new to the scene, but they put out some, just some really incredible, uh, uh, cut cutlery. So are you from a responsibility standpoint, we can just keep it high level. Are you responsible for recipes, uh, like videos showing product use? Uh, and also, are you also giving feedback to those partners of yours that, Hey, if you had to redo it, I would do this, this, and this, or maybe you want to tweak this or add a little bit more fat versus beef ratio. Like uh, what's your uh, input on that? Yeah, I think that's, that's a, that's a great question. So I I would start by saying, um, anytime that I've ever been approached by, you know, by any, any brand that might want to work together. Um, and, and what I would encourage really anybody to do is, is, is I made a promise to myself uh, early on to say that I would never for, for any price represent a product that I don't feel comfortable giving as a, as a gift to a friend or family member. And, and I'm, I, I stick to that first and foremost. And so, um, you know, people will, you'll get contacted as you get more followers on Instagram. It's kind of like a, you know, it's, it's pretty standard. You get, you get reached out to by, you know, various manufacturers or, or, you know, sauces, rubs, whatever you want to call it. Yep. Um, and they'll ask, do you want to, you know, do you want to work with us? And, and I respond very politely and say, um, I can't answer that question. I need to, I need to try your product first and then we can talk about it. But, mm-hmm. you know, I can't commit to supporting anything that I haven't tried first. And I probably have said no more, more than, more than I've said yes, just because I'm, I'm I guess I'm pretty picky about, about a lot of things. So, um, so I have, fewer, I guess, uh, sponsorships or whatever they're, they're called these days than, <laughs> than, uh, some, some other folks might have, but I, I prefer to keep it that way. And I like to, uh, I, I feel like I really need to 
you know, as I said, I would, I need to feel like I can give it as a gift to a friend or family member uh, and feel proud of that before I can actually represent it. So that's kind of how, that's kind of how it works. And I guess that's where some of the delineation lays with sponsor or partnerships. You can be somebody that's maybe, you know, like me who has a real job as I'm doing air quotes that you probably can't see. And, you know, this is, (laughs) this has grown into a, you know, a pretty nice secondary and I really love doing it. It started out from zero. I was making zero money, you know, all that stuff. And I've said all the time, if all the sponsors dried up and I had to do the show next week, I would be here next week because that's how the show was born. It was born out of me wanting to do this show. And if everything else went away and I still had the ability to get on the air the next week and do the show, then I would do the show because I still want to do this. I still want to cater to this industry and bring news and bring entertainment, bring value, introduce cool people like you to the public that might not know about it. But then on the other side, there's folks that maybe don't have that uh, moral suit and say, I want to grab everything I can while the iron's hot. And I guess, Uh you know, certainly if that's your path, you can work it the way you want to work it. But uh, I find myself gravitating a little bit more towards the people that want to engage and uh, as you said, have that uh, ethical part of, hey, would I give this a gift to somebody? No. Well, then I'm probably not going to just work up something here to line the pocket. Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I think you, you really hit the nail on the head when you talked about if, if all your sponsorships dried up, you'd be here next week doing the show because you love it. And that really is it. So, you know, I tell people and, and I get you know asked a fair amount of times from various folks on, on social media or, or what have you that say, you know, how do I get this following and, and you know you have all this stuff. It must be all free. And you know, people are sending you stuff all the time. And you must make Google's of cash. And I say to them all the time, like if, if you want to get into this business and I'll use the, uh, the invisible air quotes that you talked about, if you want to get into this business and you think you're going to get rich, you're, you're really in the wrong line of business. Yeah. Like there's a probably a different hustle out there for you to do because you're not going to get rich. You really have to have a passion for it. And if you're not comfortable doing, you know, what you're doing and supporting the people that you are supporting for any reason, if you're not comfortable doing that, you're going to be really tired really quick. Um, so, you know, the, the partnerships that I have are just so easy for me because they're, they're just top shelf products that I, I literally recommend to everybody because there's just, there's no, there's no knock on them. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a, it's a tough, you know, and I don't begrudge anybody. People can promote what they want and, and do, you know, do their business the way they're going to do their business. And if that means that to, take as much money as they can as quickly as possible, you know, while the, while the iron's hot, then, then so be it. Um, I, I certainly wouldn't proclaim that I, the way I'm doing it is the right way. It's just what I'm comfortable doing. Um, but, you know, there's also the, the aspect of a lot of, I mean, it's, it's, it's a tough sort of business because there are so many people that are willing to do this business for free mm-hmm. or in trade for product. Right. Um, and, and so it makes, it makes it tough. It, it really is. Um, and it's, it's kind of a cutthroat industry. Matt E. joining me here on the show, Grill Seeker, the website grillseeker.com, and on Instagram at grillseeker. Matt, can I hold you over for uh, one more segment? We'll talk about the book. You bet. All right, stand by. We're talking with Matt Eads, Grill Seeker. I will talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills. Some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. That's right, three different sizes to choose from. The big one's the Jim Bowie. Maybe you're going to have a huge Super Bowl blowout, and you're looking for a big pellet cooker to handle the biz. Well, hurry up and go get your Jim Bowie. Break it in, and away you go. You're going to be able to do multiple racks of ribs, probably a couple full-size 
briskets, five, six pork butts, depending on if you're going to pan them or not. Maybe just have a really big family. Hey, that's going to be the one for you. Now, you want something not as big as a Jim Bowie, but not a portable cooker. Something just a little smaller. How about the Daniel Boone model? I got one of those. Perfect for family of four, maybe five, or depending on how big you are. Maybe you just like to cook a lot of meat and you live by yourself. Well, Daniel Boone might be the one you want to look at. Now, if you are into traveling, if you want something portable, Davy Crockett is the one you're going to want to take a look at. This one fits in the back of most trucks, vans, and SUVs. It is completely wood pellet fired, so you're not sacrificing the wood smoke. And it's totally portable. Now, if you don't have access to that traditional power outlet, you can use the 12-volt adapter that goes in your car or truck. You're powered up, ready to go. In fact, as I had mentioned a couple weeks ago, I'm thinking about putting my hands on one of those for softball season coming up this summer. That way I can show off in front of all the parents. Yeah. Don't forget, Jason Baker is coming up in a couple weeks here, probably end of next month, to talk about Green Mountain Grills updates and revamps. Very excited. Also, don't forget that the Jim Bowie and the Daniel Boone, if you rip the guts out, you can put your hands on that pizza oven insert. And now it's a pizza party, pal. High heat pizza oven all the way up to 1,000 degrees if you want. GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. More with Matt Eads. Stick around. Be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all those pellet-driven cookers, like the Traeger and the Green Mountain Grill that I just talked about. So you visit CookinPellets.com for more information or purchase. You can also visit Amazon.com to purchase as well. Don't forget to download that free Cooking Pellets app, too. They got wild flavors. Also, some cool accessories. Check them out. Matt Eads joins me here. Thanks for hanging with me through the break there, Matt. Of All right, course. So my pleasure. You have a book that is getting ready, if I'm not mistaken. Is it like release April 9th or somewhere around that neck of the woods? That's right. April 9th is the official release date, and it's uh, it's available for pre-sale now, and, and uh, super excited about it. Grill Seeker Basic Training for Everyday Grilling. I see what you did there. I think that's very cute. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about book writing here for a minute, Matt. Um, I have had many of the most prolific authors and writers in the live fire industry on this show multiple times. And I've often said, you know, if we were having this discussion, I don't know, 15 years ago, maybe even 20 years ago, we could be talking to Matt Eads, a guy who signed a fairly large advance, maybe a really large advance. Maybe you already had your eyes on another book because you could make a living at writing a book. We'll fast forward to where we're at in 2019 now, and certainly there's still a lot of books the live fire industry portion of the book writing is still incredibly popular. You see the new books come out each and every spring. Uh, certainly your book is going to be out this year as well. But from a business standpoint, Matt, how much do you feel this industry has changed and is book writing a way to keep Matt Ead's name in a new venue out to people or is it a, an additional way to make some pretty decent money? 
Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I've been asked that specifically about the money. People think you're writing a book. Oh, you're going to be rich. <laughs> and I just chuckle because you're certainly not going to be rich with writing a book. Yeah. Um, you know, to your point, the time times have changed and, and there's just, there's so many fingers in the, in the piggy bank relative to book writing. So this is not at all about making, making a dollar. If I make any money on the book, I'd, I'd be happy. I don't think that that's, uh, that, that certainly is not my motivation for doing the book. Um, really for me, it's about getting the word out, you know, to so many people who own a grill and bring it out on Memorial day and 4th of July and the rest of the year, it spends uh, collecting dust and leaves. And, um, so the concept of this book and how it came to be, uh, with the publisher was that I wanted to show people that something grilling is something you can do every day and kind of spread the, spread the word of, you know, United by flame is what I use for a hashtag. And what I mean by that is, you know, it, it, especially in today, like in, in the, in the political environment, in the 24 hour news channel, I mean, there's just, you know, people are angry and I just feel like when you get around the grill, you get around the flame and you've got some meat or some vegetables or whatever that's on there, it doesn't matter your political preference. It doesn't matter your race, your gender, your sexual orientation, your socioeconomic upbringing. Like none of that matters anymore. People get around the grill and all of those things go away. And all you think about is how great this food's going to be. We're standing around this live fire, this very primitive way of cooking. And people are, are, are together and it's, and people are just united that way. Um, and that shouldn't be reserved for just Memorial Day or just the 4th of July. Like you can do that every night. You can invite your neighbors over you can have your family out. Um, and you can just cook around a fire and, and like all is good in the world, at least in my mind. So that's really the message that I kind of wanted to spread. Um, with, with recipes, you know, that you can do in about an hour. Some of them take a little bit longer than an hour, but they're all very, they're all very simple recipes that are aimed at great flavor and, you know, ease of cooking so that anyone that's just starting uh, grilling on any grill uh, can make them. And so that really was the aim of the book to, for me to sort of spread that word out. And, uh, you know, if, if something more comes out, if there's another book opportunity or, you know, opportunities with this book, you know, I'm, I'm certainly would, would love to take advantage of it. But I feel really good about, you know, the product that's, uh, that I put out. There's a ton of work. Um, you know, writing a cookbook is infinitely more work than I ever thought it would be when, when I uh, decided to do it. Um, but, it, but I'm just super happy with it. And I'm excited for people to get it in their hands and, and, and to give honest feedback about it. Uh, Matt, were you approached by a publisher or did you go soliciting? Yeah. That, um, so I got, I got a, a random call. I, I think it was an email actually I got from a publisher that said, uh, Hey, you know, we, we've checked out your website and love, love your recipes. And um, they were interested in the following on Instagram and sort of the, the engagement and, um, and that sort of thing. So they, they, they were kind of interested a little bit, or I think mildly. And they said, you know, we're looking to do a grilling cookbook for next year. This was, this was last year. We're, yeah. we're looking to do this grilling cookbook for next year. Have you ever thought about writing one? And, and I said, yeah, you know, absolutely. I've thought about writing one, but to be honest with you, the extent that I thought about it was, you know, fleeting, like, yeah, it'd be kind of cool to write a book someday. And, and that was the end of it. Yeah. Um, but when they, when they, when they reached out, it was like, yeah, you know, I've thought about it. I think it'd be great. And they said, you know, they were talking to a handful of people. I don't, you know, they didn't say who they were talking to, but they were talking to a handful of folks and other food bloggers um, that had recipe content that they could kind of screen to be sure that folks knew how to write a recipe or develop some flavor profiles, that sort of thing. Um, they said, so think about what you want to write about, kind of pitch on what the book would be. Um, so I went through a couple like phone screens and, and they looked at some writing samples on 
on my website. And, uh, you know, I pitched on, on the concept of everyday grilling so that, you know, grilling and cooking outside around live fire wasn't a special event. It was something that people would do every night. And, and, and it had to be special every night. Special didn't have to be reserved for long weekends, holidays. Um, and so that was my pitch. And I'd never pitched a book before. I really didn't know what I was doing and, and probably made kind of a fool of myself when I, when I talked to them about it. <laughs> they were pretty close to the best. And, uh, uh, and making a fool of myself, by the way, is not, uh, it's not something I'm, I'm, uh, I'm uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm accustomed to making a fool of myself. So it was, not, uh, it was nothing new for me. Um, but, you know, so they kind of went radio sound for a few weeks. Um, and, and I thought, yeah, they probably have chosen somebody else. But, you know, maybe next time, whatever. And I just went out about my thing, doing my thing. And then, uh, and then they reached out again and said, hey, we've, uh, we've selected you if you're interested in doing the book. Let's talk about the details and, and how, that would, how that would pan out. And, uh, of course, I was you know, kind of doing the happy dance and, and try, to, try to play my poker face uh, to them. And, uh, and then we worked out the, the negotiation of how the contract would work and who was going to be responsible for what. I went to work on the book, and it was again infinitely more work than I ever ever anticipated. Did you think it was going to be just as easy as sitting down in front of some kind of word processor or computer and just banging out a bunch of recipes, turning it in, and maybe three months' work, and you'd be all set? Uh, I was thinking that along that line, but maybe a month and a half work. So three <laughs> months would have been kind of a stretch. Like <laughs> I thought, I could knock this out like a month and a half, you know. And you know, I guess if, if you're like if you're like Stephen King, and somebody says, "Hey, we want you to write a new." a new uh, horror book, like you probably go lock yourself in a cabin somewhere for six weeks or whatever. And all you concentrate on is your book and, and you've done a million of them. So it's probably fairly easy. Um, you know, I didn't have the luxury of locking myself away for, for six weeks or for any period of time, like life has to go on around here. So it was kind of like wedging it in with a shoehorn in my, in my schedule of when I could do recipe development. Um, and, and I thought like, maybe it's going to be, you know, kind of like doing it for the, for the website, but, you know, it just, it just wasn't pictures have got to be better. And I was, you know, I was lucky to have some, uh, you know, I did, I did a lot of the pictures myself. I had some, some help with some other really incredibly talented photographers that, that helped me out with some of the photographs, but you know, you, you put together this, this schedule, like this planner and you say, okay, on Tuesday, I'm going to do, you know, whatever recipe that I've been developing. And you spend all day Tuesday developing that recipe. And at the end of the night you taste and you're like, this tastes awful. This is horrible. There's no way it's going to make it in the book. So there's a hundred dollars worth of ingredients an entire day gone. And so your schedule's backed up. And, um, you know, of course, lighting is, is key for, you know, for getting the right, right photos. So you've got a recipe planned for a Tuesday and it rains and it's overcast all day. You've got no light. You've got to try to kind of deal with that, that issue. And so there's a number of things that I just didn't think about, um, going into, into the book, um, that I would certainly think about the next one. And, and, and I, I would say that after I finished the book, um, I probably thought I'd never do this again, not ever. And now that it's done, I'm like, you know what? I could probably do another one of these. That was actually kind of fun. Maddie's joining me here on the show. We're talking about the new book, Grill Seeker, Basic Training for Everyday Grilling, now available for pre-sale on Amazon. I'll actually put the link to that book in the post-show notes as well. So in case you're uh, awesome. wondering Thank where you, you can get that, or just go on Amazon and you know search Grill Seeker. I'm sure it'll come up. Um, Matt, what's your favorite recipe in the book? Ooh, uh, I would say my favorite, favorite recipe, probably, uh, probably the polenta. Polenta is one of my, I do a, a sweet and spicy polenta that, uh, seems to be a crowd pleaser and it's probably one of my favorites. Uh, is that the disc polenta? Like the, uh, the packed polenta, if you will? <laughs> 
so you can use that stuff, you yep. know, in, in a pinch. I prefer to use the the actual grain and and uh, and go old school with it. But yeah, you can use the packed polenta if uh, if you're in a real pinch. I don't uh, I don't recommend it myself, but you know, and the recipe is written um, to use the actual grain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's, that seems to be a crowd pleaser. People really like that one. Matt, let's talk a little bit about foods and uh, recipes. One of your fans, El Dente Diva, wanted me to ask you about your take on quality of meat and how important it is. In other words, what to look for, what to avoid, and where do you get your meat from and why? Yeah. Okay. Um, so let's start with what to avoid. I would say brown um, meat. Avoid the... (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> uh, wait a minute. Now I understand that horse meat is something that you're you you know something about. Is that is that true? Somebody told me that. Uh, you know, I would uh, I would say that I'm the singular voice of trying to get it back on the legal thing here in America. But you know, I know it does have uh, quite a quite a uh, dark color to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. So let's talk about what to avoid first. I would say that I would avoid uh, labels that talk about you know this is this is prime, this is choice, this is select, um, understanding that, you know, that, that sort of grading system is, is, I don't know, it's, it's kind of ambiguous. And one is one inspector might grade a grade something prime that another one might not grade prime. And, and one might grade something choice that is, is better than choice. So don't get fooled. I would say what to look out for. Don't get fooled by those labels and assume that because something says prime, that it's going to bring more money. Um, I'd say what definitely to look out for is, is marbling. Um, because oftentimes you'll find marbling on, uh, you know, a, a choice cut that looks better than what's on, uh, on a prime cut. So, you know, marbling obviously is very important for flavor and, and tenderness. Um, so be conscious of that. Um, that would be what I would say to, to look out for. I'd also say to, to try to be friendly with your butcher, like your local butcher. Those, those guys can, if you have a local butcher, um, you know, certainly befriend them and, and have them give you some tips if you can. Um, uh, Next, you know, I look for thickness depends on, you know, depending on the thickness of the cut, that's how I'm going to cook the meat. If it's, you know, more than an inch and a half thick or so, I know I'm going to do a reverse sear. Uh, less than that, I'm probably going hot and fast. Uh, and then, you know, of course, I'm, I'm cost conscious, right? I mean, would I love to have Wagyu beef every night? Of course, yeah. but, you know, I don't have that, that deep of pockets. So, you know, I'm conscious of cost. Um, Matt, are you a fan of uh, dry aging? You know, I'm uh, to an extent, I guess that's, that's a trick one. So to an extent, you know, 21, 28 day dry aging, I think brings kind of a, a different flavor that I'm, that I'm down with beyond that. Like I've had some like super dry aged stuff, 90 day stuff. And that is, you know, in plenty of people love it. Don't get me wrong, but for my taste, 90 days, like that hyper dry aged stuff is just a bit funky, bit nutty for me. So I am, um, I would pass on that. So would would it be a total pass on that Adam Perry Lang 365 day dry age stuff that he was breaking out before he got arrested for swatting or whatever? Yeah, man, I think you know, good on him, and that's uh, I mean, that's that's some perseverance, that's some patience, uh, but that's not that's not for me. I think I'm I think I'm rolling with a can of spam before I go for something like that. That's just not my. That's not my forte. Well, one of the things that I'm saying, I mean, it's been around forever, but, you know, pat of butter on a steak as it's coming off the grill. I use uh, some grilling oil. One of the things I saw on your website was uh, herb butter. What's the recipe for that? Yeah, it's pretty simple. Uh, it's one I've been making for a while. It's uh, some chives, some garlic, a little bit of lemon zest, uh, some olive oil, salt, pepper. Uh, bring the butter up to room temperature, mix those things in, in, in with it, a little bit of parsley, too. Um, form it into a log and throw it back in the refrigerator. And it's just, 
it, it seems to be uh, it seems to be well received by everybody that's had it. You can get you know any sort of grade of meat, throw that on there, and it's going to taste like a million bucks. So just as it comes so off, drawing, drop a knob on there, let it melt, and do its thing. That's exactly right. As, as the steak is resting, and you know everybody, or most people probably know. It. If, if you don't, you should probably let your meat rest for you know depending on the size of the meat for a period of time after it comes off the grill. And so while it's resting, I, I put a big blob of butter on there. Uh, put a tent over it and uh, and just let that butter kind of ooze into the meat while the, while the meat uh, is resting. And, and, and for me, there's there's not really much better. Uh, one of the other things that I saw on your website, aside from that herd butter, was the rosemary salt. And I think, you know, everybody is uh, back into the specialty salts and all this other stuff. But this is something that appears to be easy to make and uh, brings a, a new flavor to the table. Oh, it's so easy to make, you know, and it's awesome. I don't know if you love lamb or not, but I'm a huge lamb fan. And, uh, so this, it's incredible on lamb. Mm. Um, and so the, the story behind that really is I was buying the stuff. You can buy it pre-made, right? There's a number of people that make the pre-made rosemary salt or smoke salts or whatever. Sure. Um, and it's sort of cleverly packaged, right? So you think, oh, this isn't so bad. It's like 10 or 11 bucks. And, <laughs> and, you know, I started, I was using it all the time. And when you add it up, you're like, geez, this is like 35 bucks a pound for salt. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I can, I can certainly do this, right? So it took, it took a handful of tries to, to sort it out, but it's, it's really so simple. It's, it's flake salt, some, some lemon zest, and, and, and rosemary, and uh, you know, some, some various runs through the, the coffee grinder or spice grinder, whatever you have, and you can make this stuff for like three bucks a pound as opposed to buying it. So, um, you know, I, I have been doing a ton of rosemary, and a lot of uh, some smoke salts that are recipes for smoke salts in the book, but. Um, you can have a lot of fun with salt. I mean, it just takes smoke really, really well, and paired with uh, paired with the the rosemary, it's just incredible on on any number of things. But my favorite is lamb. Uh, spoiler alert: I'm doing a, a show, um, uh, the Napa in, in Napa Valley. It's called Yonville Live, and I'm doing a cooking presentation there. I'm doing some lamb and lamb and polenta, as a matter of fact. And so I will be uh, I'll be doing some rosemary uh, crusted lamb uh, there in Yonville next. No, in March, I guess it is at the at the Yonville Live Wine and Food Festival. Matt, you want to do a lightning round before I let you go? Let's do it. All right, here we go. True or false? Searing seals in the juices. False. Yes or no? I still have the first barbecue pit I ever owned. No. Let it rest or let's eat? Let it rest. Radio or podcast? Podcast. Bourbon or gin? Bourbon. Old fashioned or Sazerac? Old fashioned, no question. Oh, beef brisket or pork ribs? Uh, I'm going. Uh, I'm going beef ribs. Guy Fieri or Bobby Flay? Bobby Flay. Better question: Ina Garten or Reed Drummond? Reed Drummond. Open Pit or Sweet Baby Rays? Sweet Baby Rays. Yes! Finally! Oh my god, you know how long it's been since somebody decided to say Sweet Baby? It's been Open Pit, I think, ever since I've asked that for now, like, three months. So, Matt E. Really? That's interesting. You you are winning. I, uh, I, You're winning, Matt. Thank God for you. <laughs> I knew you were my best. I actually... Uh... I had the opportunity to spend about 45 minutes sitting at a picnic table with Dave Raymond, who is, uh, who is actually Sweet Baby Ray. Yeah. And uh, he's since sold the, sold the company. But what a terrific guy he is with, with a terrific story. And, uh, and the sauce is, you know, I've, I've used that sauce for, for a long, long time. And I've been a big fan. But 
if anyone gets the opportunity to, to have five minutes with Dave Raymond, it's, it's definitely worth your time. He's a super nice guy. Matt Eads is the Grill Seeker. You can find him at grillseeker.com, on Instagram, at grillseeker. And, of course, uh, go to Amazon and check out his new book, which is available for pre-sale. That is called Grill Seeker Basic Training for Everyday Grilling, releasing April 9th. Matt, really appreciate the time here tonight. Thanks so much for doing it. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. I hope I get to do it again. You got it. There he is, Matt Eads, the Grill Seeker. I just like saying Grill Seeker a lot. Grill Seeker. Want to schedule your next call? Not with you, Skype. Go F off. I hate you. Gotta hate you, Skype. Let me talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers. The one-stop online shop for all things barbecue. Their curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies will get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at BigPapaSmokers.com has been Pitmaster approved by Sterling. Big Papa Ball himself from the award-winning rubs and sauces to the American-made grills and smokers. Big Papa's has everything you need to be a better outdoor cook. They also have these great rubs and seasonings, popular flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, Little Louie's, Regular Money, all proven winners on the competition circuit and in my backyard. Big Papa Smokers offers 13 perfectly balanced flavors that will transform ordinary meals into extraordinary. They also have a unique partnership with Steph Franklin over at Simply Marvelous Barbecue. They have formed the West Coast offense. Pretty much everybody is using it and winning. They also own Granny's Barbecue Sauce. Looking for a new go-to sauce? Try Granny's. They also have a bunch of other great barbecue sauces to choose from, aside from those premium selections of rubs and sauces. They have the very best pellet, charcoal, and wood cookers available today. If you're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use, check out that Mac 2-Star General Pellet Grill. Big Papa Smokers is the exclusive Mac dealer, and they offer special packages as well. If you're not a fan of the pellet smokers, okay. Check out the new Old Hickory Ace BP. It's the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. If you're a backyard enthusiast like me, looking for a durable and versatile grill that will last forever, the M-Grill from Texas is just what you need. They're built like tanks. Not sure what kind of grill you need? I can understand that frustration. You really can't go wrong with any of the grills that are featured on BigPapaSmokers.com. It's the place to go for all things barbecue. Every product featured on their website, hand-selected to help you barbecue better. If you have any questions, give them a shout. 877-828-0727 or shop the website BigPapaSmokers.com That's BigPapaSmokers.com Wrapping up the first hour. Stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, we are back. Thanks again to Matt Eads, the grill seeker, for joining me past two segments. Again, the book is going to be out April 9th. It is available for pre-sale right now. I mean, that's really big with Amazon right now. Push the pre-sale! I think last week he was number one in pre-sale or something like that with new books coming out. 
if I'm speaking out of school there, I apologize, but I believe I saw something like, or he was doing really well in the ranks on pre-sale. So uh, again, the name of the book is Grill Seeker Basic Training for Everyday Grilling. I will link it up in the show notes. So if you don't want to bother going to Amazon right now, taking a look for it, you don't have to. I will provide you that courtesy, a professional courtesy. April 9th, that release date. His website again, grillseeker.com and on Instagram at grillseeker. 31,000 of you like Matt a lot. I like watching him cook lobster and scrimps and steaks on the Lynx products. I know we got done talking about being like nice and ethical and having morals, but Lynx, I have none of that. Help me. I live in Cleveland. I'm trapped. Help me. All right, we're back for the second hour. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. I'll be right back.